0: Welcome to Apply Filters, the podcast all about WordPress development. Now, here's your hosts, Pippin Williamson and Brad Tunaugh.
1: Welcome back to episode 50 of Apply Filters. Uh, This episode, as usual, is sponsored by the WP Ninjas, uh, the creators of Ninja Forms, Ninja Demos, and a few other great WordPress plugins. You should go check them out at WPNinjas.com. They're doing some really cool stuff with their new Ninja Forms 3.0 that they've been previewing. So go check out their YouTube channel has some some previews of it, if that's something that you're interested in, uh, we definitely appreciate all their support. It helps us to put this show together for you guys.
0: For sure. If you are running a little WordCamp uh, and having trouble getting sponsorship, uh, you should reach out to us because we're looking to help out uh, kind of the smaller WordCamps uh, that are having trouble. So if uh, you're a small WordCamp, yeah, let let us know. We can try help you out.
1: Yeah, it'd be really fun to try and help some of the smaller ones. I've in the last few years, I. have gone to a lot of different word camps and some of the small ones have been some of my favorites they're a little bit more intimate they're um, I like to see people people that are just getting the word camp started and yeah so we love to help out in any way that we can
0: awesome what have you been up to pivin
1: uh been doing a few things it's been uh, two and a half three weeks since our last episode I know we're a couple of days behind I was traveling for the over the weekend and had some some things come up over the during the week last week, so we're a few days behind. Uh, but during that time, we just launched a new website for my Restrict Content Pro plugin. This is uh, it's my membership plugin that I've worked on for the last four and a half to five years.
0: Oh yeah, I, I saw that last week. This site looks great. Fantastic! I'm
1: glad you like it.
0: Yeah. Um, there's, there's like little animations uh here and there that are like there oh. are yeah that's all andrew monroe's work who's he's my partner
1: on affiliate wp he's been he's been working on edd for the last three years or so uh he did the affiliate wp website he did my new pippinsplugins.com site that we launched uh, about eight months ago and so now he's done restricted content pro um
0: yeah. so if you if you go to that site uh make sure uh when you get to the bottom at the sign up form uh, hover over the little dragon mascot and and he uh he uh flies he starts to fly so yeah a nice. <laughs> uh, that little... was
1: also one of my my favorite little aspects of the site that we kind of put in a little easter egg and it actually took i think three or four days for anyone to notice or at least anyone to notice that then said it said anything
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so i'm awesome.
1: excited to have this site Launched finally, uh, the the plugin Restricted Content Pro has been sold under the pippinsplugins.com site for the last two and a half years. And before that, it was sold on Code Canyon. And it's never really had its own dedicated home. It's always been, um, it's had like a single page within my my main website. And sometimes I think that has caused it to lose a little bit of focus or to not get as much attention as maybe it could have. So I'm excited that we have the new site. We're going to continue to expand it over the next few months. It This was kind of our soft launch the plugin is actually still purchased on pippinsplugins.com. This is more like a really extensive landing page, uh, but eventually everything's going to get moved over as well.
0: Right, it kind of get legitimizes as more of like a like a real product. It seems right, like, and that's
1: one of the big reasons for doing it.
0: Yeah, because I mean, I mean, you have some really great customers using that that product, and so it yeah, definitely deserves There's a very
1: large sites using it. Yeah, um, and and that was that's been one of my goals for the last six months or so was to, uh, to focus on the plugin a little bit more and to try and really grow it. Uh, it's the plugin has always done really well for, for me, uh, ever since it was on code Canyon, it's always been one of my stable products. Uh, but after easy digital downloads and affiliate P came out, it started to lose a little bit of the focus. Uh, it never grew as much as either of those did. And was kind of my hobby project. I want to take it, And over the next year, bring it up so that it's not a hobby project anymore, that it is a full-fledged business on its own. Um, It won't necessarily have its own like a legal business entity. It'll still be under the Pippin's Pages brand, but it is a full-fledged product that uh, will hopefully be a, yeah, I want to grow it a lot more. I want to double or triple its size in the next month or not, sorry, not month. Month would be amazing. That's not going to (laughs) happen. That would be crushing. But uh, in the next year, I'd like to really... Bring it up. Beyond that, uh, which did take a while, uh, I've been doing a bunch of work with MailChimp automation. So I've, I've done this in the past and I've written about it a couple of times, but we're doing a lot of automation and especially with easy digital downloads with sending, getting people into a kind of a dripped cycle whenever they purchase specific products for EDD that then follows them up with uh, whether it's documentation or things that they can do to go further with a product. So we've started to put, we've had some of these in place for a while now for RCP and affiliate WP and like a generic EDD one. Now we're starting to expand it a lot to go to specific EDD products. So if you purchase front-end submissions, which is one of our primary add-ons, you're going to get a series of emails that are catered specifically to that. And with about a hundred primary extensions that we manage, that means a lot of different MailChimp campaigns that we're putting together. So we're trying to go through and do the top 10 or 20 of them.
0: Are those uh, opt-in or are they uh, mandatory? They're, if they're automatic the moment you purchase.
1: Right. Okay. But you can opt out at any time.
0: Right. And then two other things
1: that have been my focus for the last uh, week or so. Um, well, this one is new, but we started uh, at the end of last week, we decided to kind of put together a team challenge and look at our support quality, not just our support quality, but also our efficiency how well we're doing with our happiness ratings, how quickly we're responding, how quickly we're getting tickets solved. And we kind of made a challenge for ourselves. We set a goal for a month from today or a month from the day that we set this up to improve various stats by a certain percentage. Um, So I'll, I'll run through these really quick, just to give you an idea. So we wanted to improve, we wanted to decrease the number of replies sent, like the total emails that we send by say like 2%. We want to increase the, t- the number of tickets that re- get resolved on the first reply. Right now, we're at about 48%. We want to get it above 50%. We want to get our handle time an average. Like right now, we have an average handle time of five minutes and 30 seconds. We want to get it down below that. We want to drop it. We want to... I, uh, I could
0: tell you how you could get it really low. Um, you just uh, set up a workflow in Help Scout to send every message to the trash. <laughs> that, does, that does in
1: fact work. Unfortunately, <laughs> that impacts a different part of our, our goal, which is to right. improve our happiness scores. And so right. I have a feeling that would probably make them go down.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and probably sink your business too. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. It might not do very well. We started looking at this. And so we kind of looked at a whole bunch of stats and decided that every month we want to set a goal. And I've always had this maybe unfortunate habit of just kind of assuming things are going really well in in support and like assuming that we don't necessarily need to make improvements or that we, or maybe there's not improvements to make and we want to start improving it. Even if it's great today, we want to make it even better. So we decided to look at all the stats and then set a goal. And so every 30 days we're going to reanalyze our stats And we're going to set goals and we're going to see if we can achieve those in various manners, Uh, whether that means using more canned replies, just taking longer to answer an initial ticket or getting more people on board, whatever it is that those are our goals. Um, So that was a big focus for this end, end of last week. And we'll kind of we'll see how it goes over the next 30 days before we reassess. I'm sure we'll talk about it once we kind of figure out once we see what our stats are on the first review, we'll talk about it on an episode, I'm sure. Well, anyway, Brad, how about you? What have you up to? Uh,
0: I've been uh, working on hiring. Actually, we're going to hire another full-time developer, uh, and I posted on Authentic Jobs, and we got over a hundred uh, submissions. So, going through those and uh, reviewing code and stuff has just been really time-consuming. And then I've had this problem with uh, AdRoll, the the uh, ad platform that we use. Uh, it wasn't serving our ads for like two weeks uh they changed something on their end just stopped serving ads and we had no way of knowing i just i logged in one day and i noticed that the graphs were looking funny kind of flat <laughs> And uh, turns out they weren't sa- serving our ads. So who oh, no? Were yeah. they Were they charging you
1: for ads that you weren't being served? No,
0: at least they weren't charging us, and that well, that's good. At least yeah, we would have figured that out pretty soon when the the bills came back, and it was like you know nothing. <laughs> yeah, so it was a little disappointing that it took them so long to fix it. It took you know I told them on like a Thursday I think it was, and didn't get resolved till like like. Uh, Tuesday or Wednesday last week or something, and so it was that was a little disappointing, but and frustrating. But it's uh, done now, so we're out of the woods. I've been working with the team on Offload S three uh, one point zero point two, which is just a bunch of bug fixes and stuff. One interesting decision we've made uh, for that is around add ons. So we were previously going to just add compatibility code into like the core here's a real example uh the plugin is not by default compatible with meta slider which is a super popular uh, free slider plugin on dot org and so we have to add some code to get it to work some very specific code for that particular plugin to get it to work with our plugin and we decided to make those add-ons so to to, sort of take that code and put them in add-ons um and there's a few reasons for that. the
1: reasoning for doing that instead of putting it into the core plugin
0: yeah well the advantage putting in the core plugin is just works right and there's like no one will ever notice a problem with with those with meta slider for example so that's the big advantage there Uh, The disadvantage, though, is that all the people that aren't using MetaSlider, which is a significant portion of people, um, have that code in there that's not going to be used, which is not a big deal. Uh, But, you know. Right. As long as the
1: code isn't loaded when it's not needed, who cares? Yeah,
0: exactly. But then again, it depends how much code is required to make it compatible, right? If it's, you know, a thousand lines of code or something, that's not really great to be distributing that. And that's just for one plugin compatibility. What if we have like two dozen compatibility, you know, plugins that we need to be compatible with and we have to add compatibility code? Well, so that's one thing. Uh, The other thing is that it's not very publicly visible. Like we could list it somewhere in our documentation that we we make it compatible with with MetaSlider. Sure. Releasing
1: right? an add-on is kind of that extra visibility. So people searching for MetaSlider find your add-on and then they say, oh, this is cool.
0: Yes, exactly. And it's um, it's kind of a pledge as well. Because it, because you're releasing it as an add-on and it's very public, it's not like tomorrow you're going to just say, oh, we don't support that anymore. right? Like, or it's, or it's much more difficult at least to do that because that's what they bought into. They bought into... Uh, you know you supporting that add-on right so it's kind of it's kind of part of the deal right it becomes more part of the deal than just kind of a footnote uh, in your documentation that's kind of why we tipped uh, will you be
1: releasing those uh, as free plugins on wordpress.org or will they be available for paid license key holders only
0: Paid license only. Some of these uh, compatibilities are extremely time consuming uh, sure. to, uh, so to deal with. So that's also
1: an upsell for you to get people to upgrade to the paid.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, like some of our licenses will be, you know, compatible with like a dozen popular plugins. Right. So. Right. Uh, WPML is another one that we we recently uh, that we will be supporting. As of this oh man, service. I
1: can imagine that one will be. Super tough, yeah, or it maybe not tough, <laughs> but extensive,
0: yeah. And I mean, and the, they have like add ons for their plugin too, so it's not just WPML, it's WPML and their media extension, or whatever, right? So,
1: yeah. we had that we ran into that same topic, uh, when building out affiliate for the first time, trying to decide. Are we gonna build each integration? So like the WooCommerce integration, the easy digital downloads integration, the RCP integration, the member press integration, et cetera. Are we gonna build each of these as add-on plugins that people download after they purchase the plugin? Um, And we we actually ended up going with the alternate uh, approach than what you've decided. Mostly because we decided that we ultimately wanted to have that one, like you install and you're done and it just works. But I think both are very valid, very valid reasons, uh, and and we do run into that still all the time with with EDD. So EDD is obviously built with the add-on model, uh, which FOW is not quite, not really. And we run into the question of if we need to build a compatibility layer between two systems between EDD and say LearnDash, which is an LMS system. Do we build an add-on plugin or do we build it into core? And I think our general philosophy came out to be like if if we're fixing a compatibility bug between the two, like they have a script that loads that breaks us, or we do something that breaks them. Core. If we're adding a feature, then it's an add-on.
0: Right. That's a good policy. Yeah.
1: I don't. I don't know that. I don't know if it's always black and white, but I think as maybe as a starting point, that's worked well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's pretty much the way we look at it too. We do have some like bug, I, I, what I would consider like bugs or like quirks that we still build into core, so that so that it just works, um, and they don't have to add you know install an add-on for it to work. Um, but generally, those are like more wide sweeping ones too. Like they're they're not gen- generally specific, like like one plugin it affects. Uh, so, other things we've been working on. Uh, Jeff's been working on the migrate DB Pro 1.6 release, which is going to be a big UI update. So he's working with Backbone uh, for the first time, which is pretty cool. Um, and so he's gonna. So our new UI is going to be Backbone powered, which is kind of kind of neat. And uh, what are
1: the reasons for building a new UI? Aside from like, is it just just to rebuild it or is it to fix problems?
0: Well, it's going to be a lot nicer. Uh, Our new UI is going to show the progress uh, per table, for example. Uh, Our current UI, the progress is just um, uh, like one big bar. Uh, but this one, you can actually s- expand and see individual tables progress oh, as, as cool. they migrate. When
1: you guys are doing the um, doing the migration, do you go table by table, or do you have multiple tables running at the same time?
0: We go table by table. Uh, we probably could go multiple at a time, um, but to be honest, we've actually added features to slow down the migrations because of uh, you know denial of service software thinking that our requests are actually attacks. So, yeah, that's probably a bad idea <laughs> for most servers. I guess another thing, like with MigrateDB Pro, the UI update, there's going to be uh, like a settings panel. It's going to be, we kind of rejigged it a bit to clean it up some uh, and stuff like that. And there's a few other UI tweaks here and there. Um, and then the other thing is uh, the multi-site tools add-on for MigrateDB Pro. You're going to be able to push a uh, subsite into a single site install and you're going to be able to pull uh from a multi-site install you're going to be able to pull a single site install into it as a subsite. holy Uh, crap so that (laughs) is
1: so ridiculously cool
0: yeah so i
1: cannot tell you the number of times that i needed to do that back when i was running doing client development because i would i would build client sites in one multi-site install and then i would realize that i like i had to get them out and that was a pain because I, I didn't want to set up a new WordPress install for every single client site at the time. And this was this was way before Vagrant or any of the new tools that have come up. Right. That have Made
0: this all a lot easier. We've had Man. that question uh, come up from people, actually, like whether they should do that or not, like whether they should use a multi-site install to, you know, do development. So have each client site in a separate subsite. site. Um, what do you normally say to people that would ask you that?
1: I think there's a, another question you have to answer first. Are they doing the development of the site? Or are they also populating the content and like doing everything there? Because the code of the site can, is very easy to move around. But if you have to move a database as well, that's a whole different story.
0: Right. I, I've always told them that you should always look at where it's going to end up. If it's going to end up as a single site somewhere, then you should develop it as a single site because you want your development environment to mirror your staging or production environment as close as possible, right? Yeah,
1: I, I definitely agree with that. But at the same time, I think there's a little bit of a caveat, and I believe that if you are building a site, like it shouldn't matter if it is multi-site or if it is a single site. Like it should just work regardless. Like there's no reason that your site that you've built in a multi-site environment won't run as a single site. And if it does, then maybe you should look at what's causing that to not work. I, I don't, I don't disagree with you that you, your your development environment should as closely mimic the live environment as possible, especially if you're talking about large-scale client sites. That there's no questions asked
0: right yeah yeah i mean that's that's the bottom line for me i mean if you're developing a theme i completely agree with you i think you maybe you should use multisite to to develop it cuz then you you you're testing in that environment that's kind of like you know it's not as typical maybe um, but
1: uh we i use uh multisite for all my local host development everything yeah. runs in multisite uh and i actually primarily i started doing this when we started building Affiliate WP because suddenly I had all of these these local setups for for all the different e commerce and membership platforms as we were integrating with them. And I finally decided, wait, this is silly. Like I'm gonna make one multi site install and every single site in the network will be a different plugin. That way I'm not constantly reconfiguring settings or doing things like that.
0: Right. Um, yeah, I do the so same. I've got a multi sites uh, install to do the to, our, to do dev locally just for that reason. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the only other thing is we've decided on our company retreat, we're going to do it around WordCamp uh, Europe in Vienna next year. Uh, Oh, very cool. So that's, yeah, that's pretty exciting, right?
1: What's the date for WordCamp EU?
0: Good question. Uh, Is it April, I think? Uh, Or is it June? Yes, it's June. It's the end of June. So I think it's the uh, 23rd to the 26th or 24th to the 26th, I think. Oh, very cool. End of June, yeah.
1: Yeah, we're going to do a team retreat at Pressnomics this year. Which will oh, be nice. in uh, April? Uh April March. or March. March?
0: March. That's right. Yeah, early March. I think March 4th, actually.
1: Yeah, so we're all convening in Phoenix, Arizona.
0: Well, I will see you there because I will also be there. Well, fantastic. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Should we all go... Right, should we jump into
1: the meat of our episode?
0: Yeah, PHP 7. All right. Sweet. PHP
1: 7 is coming along. I'm pretty excited for it. I think yeah. our... The uh, release date is November 12th.
0: Yeah, the release date. Plus or minus a day or two. Yeah, I don't know if that's still <laughs> accurate or not, but I think that's what they were shooting for uh, recently. So,
1: yeah. All right, so why do we care about PHP 7? Um, So we had a little bit of discussion here in our pre-show about how as long as you're not running 5.2, a lot of times we kind of ignore the PHP f- version that we're running. So like, okay, you're running PHP 5.3, 5, 5.4, 5, 5.5, 5.6, like all of those are fine, more or less. Um, th- there are some things that change between them. But overall, we're not um, as concerned with the exact version that you have now. Now, PHP 7 is a really big deal. Why is PHP 7 a really big deal?
0: Performance... Uh, yeah I, the tests that I've seen it's like two to three times faster than PHP 5.6 and, and I believe PHP 5.6 had some pretty significant improvements over its predecessors as well um, and uh, and PHP 7 is uh, clocking in really close to what HHVM gets uh, which which is can you give
1: one, us um, maybe just like a rough ballpark of what what kind of performance increase do we see
0: uh well two to three times faster than five point six, i think is is kind of gives people an idea of that's that's impressive yeah i mean that's that's pretty awesome i mean that's that's huge that's that is incentive to upgrade right like if you if you care at all about performance like how fast your website loads which most people just
1: thinking that
0: like
1: between simply by upgrading your php version like Ignore every other aspect of performance on your site, like that alone would dramatically affect it. I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't need a much bigger incentive to upgrade than that.
0: No, I don't either. I mean, you know, if you're caching your site right now, uh, it's not gonna, obviously that's not gonna make a big difference, right? Like PHP is kind of the, out of the mix, right? When you're talking- right, because if
1: because if the, if the PHP process isn't even running, then that performance is, doesn't matter exactly but anytime that you're serving a non-cash request
0: non-cash request or the first request the very first request that is where the cache has expired or mm-hmm. has been purged and 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 no longer exists uh you're going to get a lot faster uh re- response time from people. so that
1: it'll be a huge deal for anybody who has a largely dynamic site think e-commerce uh where a huge number of of uh, the, the PHP processes aren't I mean nothing is cached. I mean things are things are cached, but because there's so much dynamic data, there are so many non cache requests going through that'll make a huge difference,
0: right I guess like the other thing is like why people might be wondering like what why do we what, why not just use HHVM like why do we care about this right? Um, but I mean <laughs> HHVM is not exactly a drop-in. You know, replacement for PHP. You have to get your PHP application ready for HHVM,
1: right? Because there's some things that don't work.
0: Quite yeah, right. that's my understanding. I've never actually done it. I've looked into it a little bit, and it's it was like, oh, okay. So it's not it's not an exact replacement. Um, we've
1: we've done it a few times in EDD only because we have some customers running HHVM, uh, and so every now and then we have to look into compatibility issues for them, and more or less things work as is, but there are a few nuances.
0: Yeah. We've done some testing with HHVM and MigrateDB Pro, uh, but I haven't done it personally, so I don't know exactly what's mm-hmm. going on there. But uh, but yeah, Ashley, Ashley would know. <laughs> uh, All
1: right. So outside of performance, which is a huge improvement, um, what kind of changes are we looking at? Or is there anything that directly impacts developers that, are, that things that they might need to do in their applications or things that they may want to take advantage of?
0: Yeah, so what's what? I guess what's breaking? I guess in that'd be a HB good place setup. to start for sure. Like one of the bigger ones is the way errors are reported. Um, so most errors are reported uh, as an exception now. Right. So Where previously,
1: it just it would be a fatal error.
0: Yeah, a fatal error or a warning or a notice if you're in dev uh, development mode now it's all exceptions and if you don't have exception handling built in then it just bubbles up and then becomes like a typical error so uh, where this where this becomes a problem though is if you do have try catch blocks in place and but you're not anticipating you know or you're anticipating something become bubbling up as just a regular error not an exception and then in PHP 7, it becomes an exception. And then, so then that try-catch block uh, executes, right?
1: Right. You catch it unexpectedly.
0: Yeah, you, catch, you start catching errors un- unexpectedly. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's definitely code that I've seen out there that has a lot of try-catch blocks in it uh, that this is going to be a huge, a huge problem for them. Um, so that's, that's one thing just to be aware of. But it could um, also
1: be a really nice change for others.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I think it's a great way forward. I I don't really like the idea of having two different, separate kind of classes of errors or, or categories of errors. Um, this kind of brings kind of brings it all together. Seems seems nice and neat to me.
1: Yep. Now I believe in uh, PHP five seven. They they are not sorry not PHP five seven PHP seven. Uh, they are also not only deprecating some things. They've actually removed quite a bit of stuff. Do you want to talk briefly about what what's being removed?
0: Yeah, sure. So, uh, so anything that's been deprecated in five point X, so PHP five point two, three, four, five, six. Are we on seven yet? <laughs> anyway, any any five point X release of PHP uh, five, uh, anything that's been deprecated in those releases is now gone, completely gone. So for example, uh, ereg functions. So E-R-E-G functions, which are the POSIX compatible regular expression functions. I've seen these used in code uh, before. If you don't use the Perl regular expressions, you would use these ones instead. They're kind of the alternative, but they don't exist. Those functions are just gone in PHP seven. So, so if they're they're being used in say a plugin that you're running on your WordPress site, uh, you're going to get a fatal error uh, if you switch to PHP seven uh, and that plugin's still running. Because
1: they're not just deprecated; they're actually completely gone.
0: Yeah, yeah, it'll just say like function does not exist, error or whatever, <laughs> or exception now, I guess. But um, yeah, so those things are going to have to be um, addressed, right? I mean, if if you're moving, like I said, if you're moving your WordPress site, you're actually going to have to know if your plugins, if all your plugins are PHP 7 compatible, right? Um, What else? What else? Uh, Let's see. They've actually,
1: aside from removing some old stuff, they've also deprecated a few new items. Um, If you've paid any attention to the Make Core WordPress blog, uh, you may have um, seen the post that was, went a few months ago, and I believe in the post they mentioned that this is kind of a, a preface to PHP 7 coming out. Uh, they've deprecated PHP 4 style constructors in classes. So you used to be able to do things like have a class with a name, and then you could put a function in the class that had the same name as a class, and that would be automatically picked up as the constructor for the class. That's been deprecated, and you may have seen that when talked about php4 style constructors and widgets because that used to be how widgets worked in wordpress Um, so those are now officially deprecated in php you used to be able to get away with having not not explicitly declared static methods in a class and use it statically Um, now if you want to use a method in class statically you have to explicitly declare that it is static Uh, otherwise it's going to throw a deprecated notice
0: Oh, okay, so an E deprecated notice. Okay, so it's not right. a fatal error. So if it's you, it's not a fatal error. it's Just a notice. Right. Okay. So, so it'll not...
1: still it'll still work. It's just gonna yell at you.
0: Yeah. If and only and usually only if you have um, like if you're in de- developer mode or whatever. Um, yeah, huh? So the big
1: ones. There's, there's a couple of others. That you that's can go not through. that
0: new, though, is it? Because I'm like, if you have strict standards enabled in PHP 5.6, it does yell at you about that stuff too. Right, right? but
1: see, now I think that the change now is now it doesn't require strict standards.
0: Right, right, now okay. It's
1: always. Right. Gotcha.
0: There's been some changes to the four each. Have you noticed these ones? Uh, no,
1: I'm not sure. I saw this.
0: Uh, so yeah, so for each no longer changes the internal array pointer. So if you're when you're looping through an array, uh, and say you did, um, say you loop through an a- array, and then you did you uh, ran the function. I think end is the function. Any of the functions that uh, that take an array and use the internal array pointer, uh, like if you used any of those after a for each, like. For each, actually changed it, right? So, so it's affected, but n- that's no longer the case. So that could affect things for sure. If you're anticipating that the internal array pointer has changed through a for each, so these are very like nuanced too, right? So, like it's going to be hard to find that bug, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: there's going to be some weird little bugs that pop up here and there for yeah.
0: sure. Yeah, um, and then there's other there's other issues with for each as well by value. Uh, operates on a copy of the array now. So, like if you're doing for each by value, it, which is like the default, uh, it makes a copy of the array and then operates on it, which is interesting. Um, and then, and then if you're doing a for each with by reference, so you, you add the little ampersand before the uh, the, the variable, um, it has improved iteration behavior. That's what I put in my notes here. I don't actually know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't know what that means, do you? I have no idea what that means. <laughs> it means I would,
1: something. I would assume it means it improved how it iterates over, but that's about as far as I can go.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, well, if you, we'll link up in the show notes to the, uh, the PHP 7 migration uh, article, which details all this stuff. It's actually pretty long, too, <laughs> this thing. Um, but you, 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 we're only going through like the ones that we kind of thought were important. Right. So, so there's lots more that we're not discussing here that, that are in this right. document. There's,
1: um, there's one that and I'm going to jump kind of out of order. Um, but there's one change in particular that I think will very likely affect people unexpectedly. Mm. Uh, so there's a new change uh, in five, seven, God, it's not five seven. Gosh dang it! Seven. PHP seven. <laughs> <laughs> I will never get this right. Um, w- related to uh, syntax for variables in in classes, uh, primarily. So it, it's called the uniform left to right variable syntax. Um, and and this one I think is going to catch people off guard because they're not going to expect it. Um, first of all, can you can you briefly say what this is?
0: Yeah. So in the past. Um when you're handling variable variables or like variables with properties that are variables (laughs) and methods that are variables, this is going to sound ridiculous because it's really hard to explain without, you know, sketching it on a board or something. Uh, so again, I urge you to look at this, this, the doc and the examples in the doc. Um, but anyway, those cases those were, were kind of mixed. Like, so they would evaluate left to right sometimes, and then in other times it would evaluate right to left. And then now uh, with PHP 7, they decided, no, 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 no more special cases. This is ridiculous. Let's do left to right only strictly. And if people want special right to left uh, in certain cases, they can use curly braces to, to force yep. it to do that.
1: So let's, let's see if I can come up with an example real quick to, okay. to help yes. illustrate this. And I'm not gonna, I'll am i be honest, I'm probably going to fail miserably because <laughs> this is, as Brad, as you just said, this is kind of convoluted and difficult to not like, you really kind of need to visually see this. Um, and and the show notes will have links to articles that have this in here. But let's say that you have a class. And, okay, so you set up an object uh, and you set this up as... as as a variable. So let's say it's a a class related to people. So you have a class called person and I'm gonna actually use an example that's in one of the the link, the articles that we'll link to. So you have a class called person. And so you say person is, uh, this variable person is a new person. You then set some properties on it. So you set their first name, you set their last name, you set some variety of information about it. Uh, And then you define a, a new variable called property. And so let's let's say that property is um, names. So what you want to do is you want to go inside the class and you want to retrieve the first name of that person. And th- the first name is stored inside of a property. Man, I'm, cl- I'm screwing this up already. Um, <laughs> it's hard, man. <laughs> it's, it's so convoluted. But okay, so imagine the syntax. You have You have person, then dash greater than property, and then that property is an array. So there are two possibilities for what this could retrieve. It could A, retrieve the array index that match it inside of the property that you have specified. So it could say, okay, go into the property and then get this key from the property. Or it could take the the variable name that you have passed into the class with that array key as the property name completely. Uh, And that's where the left to right really matters. So instead of taking the array key from the variable that you've supplied, it's going to say, okay, here's the name of the property. And inside of that, I'm going to get the array key. And it's going to return that. Um, And so depending on how you're calling your methods, if you're calling them with dynamically populated variables, that's where you're going to get messed up. Because you might might have a variable that is an array uh, of property names. And you say, I want this property and what you get instead is something completely different.
0: I'm just gonna take you this example. I'm just gonna take this opportunity to apologize to Tina, our transcriber um yes she's she's she good, gonna have luck hard time with this uh so uh couple of things I want to mention before we move on to the new features um so there's two things that I didn't even know existed in, in PHP. Uh, until I, I looked, was looking into PHP seven. Um, so in PHP five, functions can have multiple parameters with the same name. So the variable, like the param, the the variable that's in the that is the parameter, can have the same name. Really? Yeah. I.
1: Why would you do that? I don't know.
0: I don't know why you would do that. I mean, I guess like say say you deprecated like three different parameters you could call them all deprecated i mean that may, so is there that would be that'd be one what good when you, good you when you
1: say that they can have the same name does that just mean that php won't freak out at you if you do it you'll still get unexpected behavior but it will allow it or is there actually a way to reference each of those parameters inside of your function
0: oh i don't think there's a way to reference it. i i would imagine one of them gets overwritten um but yeah it doesn't freak out it just lets it, it just goes with the flow man <laughs> uh php7 no no you're gonna get an error in that case that's probably
1: a good place to get an error yeah (laughs) you think (laughs) i cannot i cannot come up with one even remotely
0: valid use case for that well i just did the the deprecated thing i think that 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 one's valid (laughs) and we i might have even seen that before uh somewhere Mm.
1: anyway interesting uh
0: another thing switch statements uh in php5 can have multiple default blocks
1: like (laughs) i really like this change especially because in every article i found every time that somebody mentions this they're like there's no logical explanation for why this is supported so we just fix it
0: yeah i'm, I'm glad that's gone too but i i didn't know about it i didn't realize until this article until,
1: I, I, I mean it just it makes sense why would you do that
0: yeah so okay should we go on another one
1: um i like that there's two new operators that they've added
0: yeah, so you want to move cool. on to new new features now, do we? Yeah, let's, let's, let's so, do new features. So before we do the new features, let's let's uh, like disclaimer. <laughs> Most of this stuff will not be used if you're doing plugins for WordPress or themes for WordPress uh, for the masses, and you want to support, you know, PHP five point four at least, right? PHP five point five, five point six. You're not gonna be able to use any of these. These are all new features that are not they're not gonna work in those old versions of PHP. And so if you want to support them, you can't use these these things. So
1: a good thing, um, a good thing to note about them though is that even if you like them, they're really just handy little tools to have. In no way are we limited by not being able to use them.
0: Yeah, sure. Absolutely. That's a good point.
1: Yeah. So what's the first one?
0: Uh, what is the first one? Scalar. Scalar parameter types and return types. Oh, yeah. So this is really cool. So in PHP 5.6, for sure, but I don't know about the previous ones, you could put uh, in next to your parameter in your function declaration, you could put the object type. So going back to your previous example, you could put like person as the type and then put the variable, you know, person. And PHP wouldn't complain about that. It would, in fact, it would enforce uh, that you pass that function a person object, right? Uh, but you couldn't use int, float, string, or bull. You couldn't use any of those types in in your function uh, declaration for for parameters to enforce a certain type being passed in. And now you can in PHP seven. That's, so that's excellent. Pretty cool, right? Um, And also
1: like if we have functions just to make sure that they're always given the exact data type that you want, um, which is a really big deal. um, And anyway, if you're doing calculations or anything like that, making sure that your data types are right. If you need to do strict comparisons, just one more way to do defensive coding.
0: Yeah, I think there's, I, I don't know if it's strict by default. I think there's a declaration that you have to add to the top of the file. Uh, I, I think so. I think you have to add. Uh,
1: otherwise, as being strict.
0: yeah, otherwise it's just coercion, which is kind of like PHP's default. So for example, if right. you pass in a string and it's looking for an int, it will convert that string into an integer. Uh, you see this, you see this a lot in WordPress, right? This coercion, this just kind of happens automatically. Sure. Um, so for example, one example would be if, if you need to pass in a post ID to a function,
1: WordPress typically, and, and PHP in general allows you to pass in say 27, which is your ID as either a string 27, an int of 27, or I believe you could even do a float at, or a double at like 27.0.
0: Right. Yep. They'll exactly. all work. And yeah, they will just be coerced into the proper type. And and all of this applies to return types as well, which is new in PHP uh, seven, uh, where you can define the type uh, that you want returned by your function. So yeah, you can say bool or string, float, int. Uh, all those are supported as well for return types. So that's pretty cool, right? So you can so for example, if your function returned, uh, for example, uh, an int. But you told you, in your declaration, you said it should be a string that'll just convert it into a string uh, when it's returned. And then, it, of course, if you enable strict mode, it'll just throw an error if, if that was the case. So, um but again, not can't use all any of this <laughs> for m- most of right. you can't can't use any of this. But if you're the really if, good
1: thing is if you like if you if you're building a SaaS or you're building your own application in a controlled environment. This is not something that you're releasing to people. Or or if you are totally okay with releasing a, a five seven only it yeah. a seven only system, <laughs> you can use them.
0: Yeah, or yeah. So like if you're if you're building say a site for a client, which I know a lot of you are. Uh, you could require that the client sign up for, uh, or you could ask your client if they'd be okay signing up for uh, PHP seven hosting. Uh, once once that becomes available, as far as I know, that is not available right now. <laughs> not at
1: least not in most places.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't Probably,
1: know if it, I any hosts start seeing it rolled out as it, once it gets released, but it will still be very limited in availability on hosting accounts. Yeah, for a while.
0: Yep. I, I, yeah, I don't think it's going to take long because hosts love, uh, you know, free power, basically, you know, so that. Right.
1: <laughs> like if, if we look at the upgrade from, say, uh, 5.4 to 5.5, 5, while there were there were performance improvements, they were not significant. This is extremely significant with the performance improvements. And so any host that cares about um, the performance of the sites on it should really be looking at it, ASAP.
0: Not only that, but shared hosts are going to love this because they can cram more people onto one server and right. before it's overloaded. <laughs> right. So, so there's
1: a in in seven. There's a couple new operators uh, that are kind of cool. Uh, so one of them, which is just awesome, I have not. I haven't personally been able to come up with a really good use case for it. But it's called the spaceship operator or the tie fighter. I don't know what the official name
0: is. Uh, I <laughs> It's uh, look it up. It's combined comparison operator. Combined
1: comparison, okay. Yeah. Uh, so as if, if you look at it, it's um, it's less than, equal, greater than in terms of the, the symbols. And the idea for it is you can use it to say, of these two values, like is the one on the left greater or the one on the right? Um, so let's say, and it's going to return either negative one or one. And I, I, ho- I hope I have this right. If I have a backwards term. Or,
0: or zero, or zero.
1: Okay, right, or zero. So there's there's three potential returns for this. So let's say that you, um, you set up uh, variable A equals B spaceship C. And what it's going to do is it's going to look at B and C. And if B is greater than C, it's going to return negative one. So if the left side is greater, it's going to return negative one. Or I might have backwards, it's going to return one. And if the other side is greater, it's going to return one. And if they're equal, it's going to return zero. And so you get three potential return values uh, that you can use to for these kind of comparisons. Uh, one of the examples I think they, they gave in some of the release notes is if you need to do like version comparison checks, uh, it could be a replacement for like, say, the version compare function. Uh, if you need to say, okay, if, if it's greater than this, this, otherwise do this. Yeah.
0: Um, it's very it, similar to the string compare, sorry, strcmp function. Uh, and the version underscore compare function, I think those are the two that are very similar to this thing. At least, like, they return the same thing and kind of do the same thing. Sure.
1: Yeah. Um, so, mostly it's just awesome because it's called the spaceship and it looks like a <laughs> TIE fighter, which yeah. is freaking sweet. Yeah. Actually, to be more specific, it looks like Darth Vader's TIE fighter.
0: Yeah. You you were pretty excited about this next one. You should you should probably talk. About
1: I this. I really do like the next one. So the next one is is the null coalesce operator, uh, and it is a double question mark.
0: So null as in like null, like the the value is null, right? Right. Okay.
1: So uh, up until up until PHP seven, let's say that you need to determine if a variable has even been defined, if it's set. So what you might do is if is set a do, th- do this, else do this. And you could do it in a ternary or you could set it up in an actual conditional statement with brackets. Um, so this allows you to determine if a variable has been set, if it's null or not, without actually having to do is, is set. So if you wanted to set the variable a to a value if b is set, else set it to uh, say variable c. You could just say a double question mark c, uh, colon B.
0: No, or no, col- no colon actually. Oh, that's no. right. No colon. Right. Yeah, and you can use multiple uh, double question marks. So, yeah, you like, you could them, do, like you
1: could do multiple ternaries.
0: Yeah, like you could go A equals B question mark question mark C question mark question mark D question mark question mark, and then maybe I don't know. If you
1: want to get really clever, you could false. combine <laughs> colos operators with ternaries and. Just really confuse people. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh yeah, this one will definitely be abused. Uh, there's no question. Uh, but
1: it, it's definitely a cool one. It just lets it. I don't know. If nothing else, it's kind of shorthand. Just can, can shorten some some um, some checks for
0: you. Yeah. I love I it. Can. Yeah, it's a nice shorthand. I'm, I'm sad
1: that I can't use it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm depressed. Um, PHP seven makes me depressed and happy. It's kind of like the bipolar release. Um, right, <laughs> it's like I really, really want to be able to use it right now, and I want <laughs> to be able to
1: use it like not just use it on my own systems, but use it for for users and customers and be able to take advantage of some of the new syntax, but can't.
0: right yeah. uh, that's so what else new. That's the world that we operate in here. Um, so this one's on, I'm excited about this because I've tried to do this before. <laughs> uh, define a constant. Uh, and set the value as an array. So, you, I mean, you can't do that right now in, in PHP 5, right? Um, you can't set a constant to an array. Uh, so it'll be nice to be able to do that.
1: That'll be, that'll be super nice. I just, I just thought of one example. A lot of times it's very common to set up like configurations as constants. Mm-hmm. Now, instead of having 10 or 15 constants for your configs, you could have one exactly. with all of the, the key values inside of it.
0: Exactly. And that it, would be, awesome. and be and because it's a constant, it, you know, we can't be tampered with, can't be modified. So right, it's uh, yeah, I I, I love it because I mean, you see it all the time, define, 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 define. You know, there's just tons of defines right. when it could be one define, define as an array, array. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That would be good one. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's we could go on and on here. I think uh, I think we've covered quite a bit though definitely
1: covered the important ones
0: did we cover why php7 and not php6 uh no but that is a really interesting issue and like i keep getting
1: tripped up in saying php5 7 um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. because that's what i think it is but it's actually not it's php7 there is no six so what the heck happened to six
0: yeah good question i think there's like some drama some php drama you talk about P- wp drama now and then um but uh no, I think, I think there was, uh, I think they bit off more. They can chew with PHP six. Like they set a pretty lofty goal of like supporting of, of building Unicode support, sorry, Unicode support. Unicorn into, supports. Good. <laughs> into, into PHP six. And so they had to like overhaul like all of it. And it was just a monumental task and people got tired and burnt out is what it sounds like to me from, from what I read. Um, and, and that's basically it. And, and what happened was, though, why we, went to, why we didn't say, okay, well, let's scrap that, but just keep calling it PHP 6, is that the developers, as they were building PHP 6, they were going around to conferences talking about it. They were writing articles on the web. So there was a lot out there about PHP 6. And so it would be super confusing if you were doing a Google search about PHP 6 and you came across one of those articles but it was the new, you know, you were looking for the new PHP 6, not the old one that was discarded. So so they decided, let's just, you know, avoid that confusion and right. call it PHP 7. Uh, we,
1: we have a link to a wiki page on php.net that go- goes over the history of why PHP 7 if you're interested in it. Uh, it's, it's a good read. It's kind of, yeah. it's pretty interesting.
0: Very, very, in- very, like, very interesting look at, like, you know, how open source. Right, sometimes it's also
1: cool because they they did a poll and they they actually voted on whether to do it or not and so some of the the primary php contributors all voted on it and you can see uh, they actually even listed what each person voted for on whether or not to name it six or to keep it or name it seven
0: yeah which is kind of interesting it's a very open democracy yeah they got they're running their run in there with their with their development uh yeah i think it was like almost unanimous i think two people voted against it or something uh, if I uh no what.
1: it was it not quite that even it was uh like 25
0: to 58 oh wow okay i was looking at, i'm thinking about a different vote i guess huh i um, think i think they do a vote for a lot of things like a, a lot of decisions like that i think they they vote on them that's so cool a, interesting
1: so real quick before we um, wrap up, there's one more thing. Uh, WP Engine and the WP Engine Labs uh, have posted a actually a testing tool for PHP 7. If you want to test it out, uh, we'll link a blog post up in the show notes. Uh, but they have it available as a uh, as a Mercury Vagrant that you can you can use to test out PHP 7 and see if all your code works. So if if you need to go do some testing, which I would highly recommend, go check it out.
0: Yeah, I actually fired that up. It was really easy. If you've if you already use Vagrant and you already have Vagrant set up, it's super easy to to awesome. give it a give it a test. So
1: I, I need to do that in the next couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, I mean that's a good way to. I mean PHP seven right now is kind of a pain to install. So MAMP doesn't have it, as far as I can tell. I looked around, couldn't figure out a way to get MAMP to uh, to, to load PHP seven into MAMP uh, and. Uh, and so, if you're running Linux, though, it's easy. If you want to replace your native PHP, there's there's builds. Uh, Zend, Zend has builds of PHP seven uh, that they're I think nightly builds even um, that are good for like the major distributions of of Linux. I think Ubuntu and, and CentOS binaries. So yeah, it's pretty easy there. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's I I'd, I'd, I'd go with the Mercury Vagrant. It's super easy just to fire it up.
1: Good deal. Um, If you have any questions about PHP 7 or you run into issues or anything you want to share, uh, feel free to drop comments on the article, ping us on Twitter. You know how to get a hold of us.
0: Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you next time.